Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Infection Podcast. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on X at Nicholas M. Craig or check out our website, infectionpodcast.com. Joining me as always, Brian with an eye, Aldridge. Brian, missed a show last week. You better have a good excuse for it. Why were we not here last week? So last week we, we had to put it off because, well, my wife decided she couldn't wait any longer to have the baby. So, uh, so we were, yeah, so we were in the hospital for a couple days while she was, um, but everything's, everything's good. The baby's home. She's doing good. She's growing health, uh, healthy. The birth went perfectly. So this is a, the gender of the, of the, this is a girl. Like we now have a girl, uh, other than my wife in the house. That's going to be interesting in about 17 years. I know. Well, yeah, with all these older (laughs) brothers and then me and her mom. Yeah, she has no chance. It's going to be very interesting. Yes, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah, we're excited. If you do want to find me, uh, of course, online, if you can find me at Boise Computer on X or at Brian Aldridge on Gab Getter, Truth Social, whatever's still alive out there. I don't know anymore. You know, Brian, you know what you're not going to be able to find anymore is servers for the day before because it has been 45 days. Since the game launched, the day that it launched, the company announced that they were shutting their studio down, and here yeah. we are, less than a about mu- about a month and a half or so later, and it's gone. She's dead, Jim. It's it's all it's all over. Yeah, and this, I mean, this was kind of a shock, but not a shock. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, but these devs, you know, this is one of those projects where a bunch of people get together and say yeah we can do that well they've come close they've come closer than most people do they did a pretty good job of it i just think they weren't ready to maintain this big of a game when money doesn't flow in easy you know there's some sometimes money flows in easy for games right now is not the time and we had our whole what two weeks ago we had our show where we were just talking about layoffs and studios shutting down and everything else not a good time to try to get your feet going and on the ground for a, a game studio and they found that out but there, i heard that there was like one person who kept playing like up, up through last week or the last week or two there's a one person online playing the game and now they won't be able to play it at all and i heard that there's like people trying to make mods for offline gameplay and things like that i don't know why sure. the why not do that i know they don't want to maintain it but well you know why not just release one that c- people can play on their own I can tell you why, and it's mm. if they're if they're truly filing for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy, or they're trying to be acquired by somebody else. If you give away your asset, which is your game, well, then it's. I'm got not no saying value. give it away. If for people who have purchased it already, allow they did them automatic to play refunds locally. though. I mean, they did. They did. Yeah. They did all the refunds on everything. If I'm them, and, and I, this is a bold statement, but I'm going to make it. This might be the biggest colossal failure of a video game. Ever, in the modern in the modern era, I mean, has there been a game I mean, that has come out? The studio has announced that they're closing the day after the this, day that yeah, it comes out, and then forty five days later, it's just kaput, gone. I, I I don't know that that's. I'm sure it's happened with super super small games, but you know, as yeah. IGN notes in this article, this was previously the most wish listed game ever yep. on Steam. This is not some fringe indie project that like eight people knew of this was the most wishlisted game on steam and within a day of it releasing it was already done and now 45 days later it's completely gone i don't know that that's ever happened before 
And since we've been talking, yeah, and that's this is something that was very unique. And but one thing, at least they didn't sit there and just kind of let it sit there dead for a year without giving it any attention. Where the audience is just like, you know, what's going on? Because we that we have had happen. If you remember, was it H two O? H two O Waterworld. What? Yeah, that one was one where, I mean, you. It might as well have been shut down by the time, you know, there was no support for it, no updates, things weren't working right. People, the, the online part of it was kind of nuts. You know, there, that was the same thing. They had a group of people who made a game because they wanted to, uh, but, you know, supporting a game going forward and fixing bugs and doing that all at the same time takes a team, pretty big team. And unless you have a small game that you can maintain yourself, you need that big team and that takes money, you know, and then, most people starting a studio don't have a bunch of extra cash. The ones you who can, did, one thing I was thinking about this earlier, the yeah. ones that do make it, if you look at, um, uh, well, Minecraft was one early on, you know, that was one where he kind of got that off and going on his own, did very well, but he maintained that as a, his own project for a long time. The other one is um, not Roblox, the uh, Unturned, the one of the zombie. The zombie one. Uh, unturned. That, uh, unturned, yeah. Unturned is another one where he's maintained it and able, has been able to keep up with the bugs and improvements and kept his project small enough in a way to, to be able to do this. These guys, these guys went too big on their own. Yeah, and that, he's, I mean, for, if you look, for a game that's been out as long as it has, he maintains a reasonable player base. Twenty five thousand people is nothing to, to uh, for, for. There's nothing to snuff at. I mean, this and is we're a at serious the, game. The, we're at the drop of it right now. If you look, it jumps over fifty k on average. Yeah, and 40. then you know, there's there seems to be a day, which is what day is that? Uh, is that last Monday or something? Can you go back to the the previous dip? Today's a Wednesday. That's a Wednesday in UTC. A Friday. Okay, yeah. and then Friday they, they maybe had an update was going too. on or something. Who knows? Well, it says thirty thousand, but it shows it all twenty nine thousand. That's weird where it shows it. But, well, this is yeah. the scale's fifty to twenty five, so that's why it looks okay. like that. Yeah, it's a, the the scale's a little. So there you go. I mean, if you look at that, he maintains a reasonable amount of players, and it's pretty much one guy. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's Lord up Nelson. Here. I think they called him. Yep. Um, I mean, it's it's up here. It's the it's the thirty third most played game on Steam right yeah. now. I mean, that's I mean, it's, that's it's pretty legitimate. Who, I mean, not a kid. He's getting older now but you know essentially a kid in the industry is maintaining that whole thing and has one of the top games on steam by himself now that's the way to do it start it up slow grow it to where you have the ability to maintain it these guys went too quick they didn't have any betas you know really betas for fixing issues they just released it you know but so let me throw this at you you talk about unturned you talk about minecraft uh, let me pull back the unturned graph. When did unturned come out? Because this game, unturned, has been out a hot minute. I mean, it is not a. I mean, it's not a new what, ten years maybe. Has it been since twenty seventeen? So I mean, seven years ago since that game's was been it out. Seven years. Okay. That's what the Steam DB says. If it was in a different, it may have been listed under a different uh, maybe Steam a test ID version before of it that on beta. or something. But uh, Brian, I have to throw this at you, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. But I feel like we're in a different era of gaming now. I don't know well, yeah. that you could release a game like Minecraft today. With with if you played Minecraft 
uh, you know, 1.0, or it wasn't even 1.0, it was, you know, 0.19 or 0.3, whatever. I mean, I remember getting it in middle school. Very, very basic game at the the start. Yes, there was some little things Mm -hmm. here and there. Very basic game. Unturned, the start, very basic game. Um, Even games like Ark, which came out around a similar time, not that it was basic, it's not in the same realm as Unturned or um, Minecraft, significantly adding features over time. I saw DayZ on that list with over 33,000 people currently playing. Games that started off more And they started out fairly basic, too. If you look at I, how Rust did. came out, they're, they've added a lot of features over time and improved it a lot. But when they first came out, people were upset it didn't have a lot of the features that you would expect in a game like this. It didn't really have any story mode and still doesn't, from what I understand. It does not, correct. So, but I think that's the secret is it has to be something smaller to where you then build it up. But let me, okay, this is my, this is my question to you. Can you do that in 2024? And I, Only if you I, have something groundbreaking. Minecraft at the time was groundbreaking. Was ground, you're right. Yeah. What was groundbreaking. That's what allowed him to make something that didn't really seem to have much, but in the, the realm of what it was, it was huge. Because it did something that no other game could do at the time. Unturned, I think for him, it was a, the free-to-play aspect of it really helped him out. And he kind of found a really good niche to be able to make money off of it. So I think that worked for him to where the because it was free-to-play, people accepted that it was more simple. Sure. And then he made it, even though it's a simple look, a very complex game over time. Um, today, there are games that look very simple. But there's, there has to be a hook with the gameplay. There has to be something that pulls you in and just like you're you're like, oh, that, I can't stop. I can't put it down. Um, my wife's been playing a game where it's a phone game where you sit there and push, um, you know, to the beat. Like there's songs and it's kind of like saber. a guitar hero. Yeah. Yeah, type beat saber type of thing. A very simple game as far as a concept. Now that one would be tough because of all the music licensing. But if you could come up with something like that, that's an easy game to put out that, that can get people hooked. Um, the hardest part of that, and just find one that doesn't have all the, the traps of music licensing. So I think there are ones out there, but you just have to figure out what is something really fun to play that I would want to try and build on that. Here, instead of that, they wanted to make a survival game. There's a million survival games. Okay, well, what about your survival game is different than any of the other survival games before? Okay, then they figured out in a big open world survival game was very difficult. So then they made it to where it was, what, an extraction shooter? Yep. In the end. I mean, they obviously weren't going for a vision because they changed it partway through because they realized that that was hard. And then they came out with something different in the end. What do you expect? Obviously, you didn't have a vision that you felt was groundbreaking that was going to hook people if right towards the end you said, that's too hard, let's do this instead. Okay, but I... I... I still don't think your answer. I still don't think you've answered my question. Can you release? What, can people a game? do it today? Well, yeah. Well, that uh, here's the thing. Back in 2011, whenever the hell Minecraft came out, I, I feel like people were a little bit more forgiving, patient, and and willing to hold out for those eventual features and i know it seems like 2011 wasn't that long ago but it was 13 years ago i mean things have changed dramatically in that period of time brian i don't know that people are willing to 
to do that anymore. I mean, well, look I, at H one Z one. I mean, sure. When when H one Z one came out, do you think if someone if they turned around and released H one Z one today, that anyone would give it a second look? I don't. I don't think so, because the advancements that we've made even since the beginning of this podcast in what people expect graphic wise, functionality wise, game engines have changed dramatically over that time. The the uh, Unreal Engine five, um, even Unity and advancements they've made, you. Be, People can easily put out a game that far surpasses what H1Z1 was able to do at the time. Just easy. You know, it'd be easy to do that. Uh, and so if, if a company like Sony were to turn around and put out that same product now, people would say, what in the world are you making? Like, why are you guys being so lazy? You guys are using the same engine that you made on your 15-year-old project. That's what they start throwing out today where they didn't for some reason, what, 10 years ago? They weren't throwing out these things to them. I don't. Something's changed in the past ten years with game engines, to where there is a super high expectation now of what it's. And I think with AI, it's only getting going to get worse because people will be able to put out simple games much easier. And and I hear that. And 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 let's be clear with this: simple games are not bad. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a simple game. When you look at yeah. the day before, what was their fatal flaw? And you, you, you already touched on it, is that they promised the, the they promised this incredibly complex and and revolutionary, shocking game that was not feasible or or, or practical really at all. And with yeah. that, you know, similar to one of my favorite games of all time, No Man's Sky. Uh, you set everybody up for for failure when when you when you do that when you promise the world. Now, No Man's Sky is an example of a game that was able to overcome that. Daisy is an example of a game that was able to overcome that. The first versions of Daisy, the standalone, were absolute garbage. They didn't have yeah. the most bait. There wasn't even vehicles for like over two years. I mean, it wasn't even close. Uh, yep. To what the Armama Daisy was at the time when that was really popular, probably 2012, 2013, 14, somewhere in that ballpark. So it's not that a game has to be complex to be good. Um, it all comes back to something that I've talked about a lot, Brian, and we, you and I have talked about a lot. Managing expectations with these games and and that right there is, I think, what a game like the day before completely missed. Well, and I think putting out a game with whatever features and things you're going to put in there, like whatever you promise, do those well. Because I remember when we first watched the tutorial, I remember, or not the tutorial, when we first watched that sneak peek that they put out that with the scene of them driving through the mud and having the, um, you know, the, the track marks through the mud mm -hmm. in, that were in real time. And I said at that time, I remember saying it, I, you know, it'd be cool if they can do this. I just don't, I personally, I don't think they'll be able to pull it off. They're doing things in a, in a very limited environment that, that they won't be able to pull off in an open world environment with a hundred players on a server. Like I, I was talking about that and that was the, that ended up being the case. That's why they, they went to a limited number of players extraction shooter because what they created, they couldn't put 100 people on a server on and maintain all those unique characteristics. You can't make it to where, let's say, 100 people run to one spot on the map, and then you're trying to transmit to every single one of them every little 
deformation that you've made with mud from every vehicle that's driven through that and you're trying to transmit that, you're going to lag everybody out on the server. That's the kind of thinking you have to have nowadays in this type of a game. And when I saw that, I said either they're going to have to do some really crazy coding to make that work or they're going to, it's, it's not going to work, <laughs> which it sounds like it didn't work. Uh, you know, and that's what they found. And then they changed their concept as, but if you had had a, an experienced person on their team, that would have been like, Hey, that's not going to work how you've done it. That's not going to work how you've done it. That's not going to work how you've done it. That would have managed expectations because, but the fact that they put these things in their demos that they thought would be a cool idea that they just, sure. You can program it for your five people running around and it'll work but it doesn't work in the real world. And it showed me how inexperienced their team was with the fact that they didn't see it. Someone on that team should have seen that. If I called it out with the first preview that I saw and I said, this isn't going to work, how does that whole team of, of, of programmers not see, with, with supposed game development experience, not see that that's not going to work? That's what worries, worried me. And so it's probably good that they didn't continue forward is if not a single person on that team had that at least that much experience to see it, how are they going to continue going forward and growing it to something huge? I, I, I just don't think they could have. No, they couldn't have. And, and you know, b based on what we saw originally, they scaled a lot of that back. I mean, they had to. Oh, yeah, they make, had to. Make, they had to make those major work. changes. They did, and then it still was an abysmal failure. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, but also when you turn around and deliver something that's not what you promised, the people that all wish listed it and said, I, cause we hear, we've heard over the years, many times, you know, people want a open world survival game. People want a zombie open world survival game. They say they want all these things. Sure. You want that. It's a very niche audience that wants that, but they are pretty devoted. Well, you got all those people to wish list your game and then you didn't, didn't even end up delivering that. People don't, I mean, sure, there are people that like extraction shooters, but that's not the people that wishlisted your game. No. The other people, they all felt uh, you know, baited and switched, you know, switched and baited here with what you delivered. Now, if you had advertised it as an extraction shooter, you would have gotten all the extraction shooter crowd. They would have been like, oh, this is so cool. I can't wait. And maybe you wouldn't have had to close so quickly. But you know what? All the people that got it, realized this is not what I wanted, started hitting refunds, and then you don't have enough to operate anymore. And I, I have a feeling that that's probably what it, you know, once they realized they weren't making any money to continue developing for the next month, what do you do? You're going to work for free. You have all this whole team work for free when you need to pay your bills. You know, well, right now the economy is tough. I think a lot of the team was volunteer for this game as I dug into a little bit more, but I mean, it wasn't all volunteer. There was, I believe there was a With large, the hope large. that it would, would profit. Of course. Yes. That it would take off. And when you see that that's not going to happen, what are they going to keep walking, working volunteer and say, well, might turn around. I mean, yeah. that's just not going to work. You're right. So, um, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the day before forty-five day, the day before 45 days, it came out. It is, uh, gone 45 days and, later. Uh, 45 days later, it's completely gone. Um, full, I believe full refunds and all of that stuff have, uh, have already been complete. Um, what a, what a freaking disaster. Not good. Not, yeah. and, and let me say this to end on it. And, and obviously you can jump in if you'd like, um, not good for the industry as a whole. There's yeah. a lot of skepticism on early access. 
rightfully so. There's a lot of skepticism on these kind. It seems like, Brian, the genre that we originally started with, the zombie survival genre, has had more abysmal failures and failed missed promises, missed expectations, uh, failed communication than seemingly any other genre. I don't know what it is about this in this specific little niche of video games that is so impossible to do, but nobody seems to be able to do it. Yep. Well, I want to, I want to talk about something else here really quick that sure. I kind of will lean a little bit into this. Uh, PC Gamer has an article here saying PC is the most dominant it has been this decade as two-thirds of devs say they're targeting the platform. Hmm. Um, This is when you start to see a lot of these test games, games that aren't fully flushed out because they're developing to put things out for Xbox, PlayStation. There's a lot of work and expense and um, testing and verifications, you know, making it ready to be released on those platforms. It's not something that you do test testing on as much. And I have a feeling that the reason that this is happening is because they are going to try to do the thing that they've always, you know, done in the past is put out games in this highly alpha state so that they can pay through for development through the process, which the last time we really saw this happening a bunch was when the economy was bad the last time, right? That, and that's kind of what started the whole H1Z1. It was during that time when we were having kind of a bad economy for a little while. Um, and I just, I have a feeling that that's why this is going to happen because they can get these whole alpha, you know, pitch money through the process or put it out in early alpha and see if people are interested so that you don't crash after you've already put in, you know, 10 years or five years of development. Uh, uh, not only five years, but I mean, if you're talking about bringing a serious console game to market, you're talking about tens of millions of dollars. That's not yeah. something you just, you don't just dip your toe in console development. You've got to, pur- in years past, it's different now, but in years past you had to purchase, you know, $5,000 dev kits from Microsoft or PlayStation to yep. build your game. on. it was not something that you just, casually decided to do and we've seen a lot of success minecraft a great example of a game that would not have been practical or possible on a console at at launch now it's got console ports and it's got a whole bunch of players and it's had those for for over a decade at this or close to a decade at this point Mm -hmm. um it lends itself well to that and you know the 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 testing new technologies too i really think that that's it They're, they're really pushing into ai you're pushing into these new areas of game development. How are you going to do that? You're not going to do that on Xbox and, and PlayStation because it's too hard to do iterations or do things that they haven't quite approved. I mean, look, you're showing the graph here. 66% of the current projects are being done for PC uh, for game development. And so, you know, that's that's huge. Uh, of course, PC and Play, or PlayStation and Xbox together um, is above that but still uh that's that's really big and i think i think it does come down to that i just think it comes down to right now they're trying to figure out how they're going to profit and live through the economy i mean two weeks ago we did we did a whole show pretty much on the state of the economy i mean nick if you look at the the section of our show notes of just since our last show of what's built up in our economy section we have almost again a whole show worth of negative economy news that we're not going to throw at you again today um, <laughs> because we don't well, want it to, you know, just be depressing. 
Well, here's some great. That's where we're at. Here's some great news for you. I saw this on Twitter like two minutes ago. eBay cutting a thousand people, nine percent of its employees gone. Yep. Yeah. Google's doing the same thing. They laid laid off a thousand employees. I mean, it's just it, it's where and they and they're claiming, um, you know, for when we do do our our, another, our next economy one, we've got some really interesting topics. They're they're saying this is going to go on for up to two more years of this. How are all these development studios going to survive? It's going to be being really creative and figuring out ways to make money um, or cutting your costs down to the minimal. And a part of that is make a PC game that's really easy to maintain and hopefully, you know, just throw out a bunch of PC games and see if some of them stick and trend. That's what it comes down to. I think that's what they're hoping for is they'll throw out a lot of prototypes, see if something sticks. Because, I mean, look at simple games like... um, What's that one? The imposter. What was that called? Among us. Among Among Us. Um, Fall Guys. You know, just some games that have a super simple concept. There's not a ton of uh, work that went into them, other than, well, with with Fall Guys, you know, making levels and some, you know, making the character work with physics. Uh, among Us is just programming in the gameplay, a very simple game. But look how hot those got. I think that's what these studios are going to be looking for. Those simple games that don't take a lot of money to develop that will take off and kind of make it through this next year or two of, of a horrible economy. And that, that's where that's the PC market that lets you do that. That that's the only thing I can see that that's pushing you towards that. It's also the market or industry or genre, whatever you want to call it that has the, um, easiest barrier to, to entry i mean you yeah. can it, the least you amount can, of obstacles to get into it yeah i mean you can literally build start building a video game for free by downloading unity or unreal i mean the cost is literally zero to, to start yep. so that of course lends itself to that as well i'm sure yeah and and they, you know they talk about stu- their interest in blockchain technology nft sure. I, I think that's kind of faded away used to i think it used to be here, they show 77% of studios have shown not they're not interested in that anymore because they're saying that it doesn't... People aren't trying to gamble in a video game in that way unless, unless that's what it's all about. I mean, it's hard to put these things in there without turning the whole video game into a, um, a blockchain or cryptocurrency type of a scheme. Uh, I, you know, but th- this is the survival mode, so we'll see here if... If over the next year, you know, some big, they, they've got the new arc coming out here pretty soon. I think that's going to be a big one that's going to take off. You know, it seems to be that games that have mods seem to take off a lot better on PC. And, I, you know, that's one benefit that also kind of pushes that whole PC market. But if you could make a game, a cheap way of making a game is make a base of a game and let people mod it for you and add a lot of content. And let it get hot that way. Um, you know, Ark has kind of done that. There's a lot of ones that have done that. I, I, that's probably also what we're going to be seeing. Plus, I don't know what kind of restrictions they have with generative AI, AI assets, and things like that on Microsoft's platforms or Sony's platforms. There, there may be some restrictions that they put in there and saying, well, you can't put this on there if it's using AI art for whatever reasons. You don't have to worry about that on PC. And Steam has already said that they're not going to be limiting those things. 
uh, but you know when you're dealing with Xbox Store, PlayStation Store, if you don't pass their tests, how else are you going to get in that market? You're stuck. Your game yeah. doesn't come out. So I think that that's that's another risk they're wanting to avoid. I just wanted to mention that because I think that kind of li- plays into things that we've been seeing in the market. Um, but you know, will it continue that way? PC is it going to stay? hot for two years until the, everything kind of recovers. Uh, Cause it certainly was when we first started this podcast. I just remember like it was all PC at that time. All these kind of games were all PC. There wasn't anything else. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's changed a little bit because now you've got, uh, you, it's a lot easier to develop console games now than it has been in the past. It is especially yeah. on the Xbox side. I can't I can't necessarily speak to the PlayStation side of it, but on the Xbox side, from everything that I've read, Brian, and and, and jump in where I'm incorrect here, it's essentially like you build your game on PC and you like click a button and it exports it for Xbox. It's very it's a it's a it's lot using more a mainstream engine. Uh, it's a lot simpler to do than in years and in, in, in situations past. Yeah, and we'll I we'll yeah we'll see because that's one thing that Unreal Engine has really brought to the table. Sure, you're developing it for PC, but with a click of a button, as you said, you could also go. But when you're doing your initial testing, that's why I think it's going to be they're going to be going back to this kind of we're alpha testing the product for you because you can do that on PC, and then once they feel like it's complete, then they'll release their PlayStation and then their Xbox versions. Yeah. Do you have a preference right. on where we go go from here? We've got a couple different categories. I do not. All right. So, well, let, let's go ahead. I want to talk here for a minute um, on AI because okay, this is something that kind of lends into what we just talked about as well. Um, this whole AI as far as NPCs thing, NVIDIA has released. Did, did I don't remember if we ever showed. I was watching videos where it showed their product that they created where it's powered by NVIDIA AI and we it's did NPCs show this talking. One, where they're in the little, they're in the little uh, shop. Yeah, they're in that little ramen shop, show it, right? Yeah, let me show it. Let me pull it up here and show it again. Then. Well, they've got another one in there. I don't know if that's just the standard. I mean, maybe that's the one that we ended up watching that they have in this article. Yeah, let me see. This one, one of the articles more of a commentary. Let me see if I can find the original video. But I think this is going to be one where, for for especially something like GTA, you know, GTA 6, I don't think it's going to have anything like this. But I almost would guarantee you that, that GTA 7 is going to have AI implemented to where the characters are moving and doing things in more realistic ways. This is all built on Unreal Engine 5, but it's one way that you can, you don't have to have necessarily voice actors. These characters are can be computer generated voices that they're they're talking with there's you're not really giving them any lines to say you're just giving them a story background that the world's based on and then you let the AI come up with the line you know the the script lines for you were you able to find it on there I'm trying to we showed this raw video and all I can find now is like commentary tracks on it. I'm tr- I'm trying to find because well, all the, if the, you all the to, videos are from CES. I'm I think trying it, to find I think the original video. Seconds through the video that's in that um, article, about fifty seconds seconds into it, you can hear them. Okay, let me 
But they do, yeah. They talk over it. Yeah, there was a there was. Give me a minute. Let me. I I I know there's a I know there's a video we showed probably like, I don't know, three or four months ago, um, that showed just that scene. But I can't seem to. Yeah, Nvidia AI demo. Yeah, all I'm finding is a bunch of CES coverage of people talking over it. Um, I'm 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 trying to trying to track it down. Yeah, trying to find like the raw. The raw one. Yeah, the one that we looked at in the past. Um, what? Th- yeah, because here when they're all talking, it doesn't just have the one by itself. But th- this person was saying that they felt that the res- the responses on this one were frighteningly good. Uh, you know, I think that this is the future as far as I saving it. money. There's been. Hmm? Said I think you I find found it. it. Yeah, I think this is the one we watched in the past. Hold on. Let's see. Gets rendering technologies. NVIDIA collaborated with Convey, an NVIDIA Inception partner, to showcase how developers will soon be able to use NVIDIA Riva, Nemo, and Audio to Face for AI-powered speech, conversation, and animation. These models were integrated into the Convey Services platform and fed into Unreal Engine 5 and MetaHuman to bring Jin to life. Please take a look. Hey, Jen, how are you? Unfortunately, not so good. How come? I am worried about the crime around here. It's gotten bad lately. My ramen shop got caught in the crossfire. Can I help? If you want to do something about this, I have heard rumors that the powerful crime lord Kuman Aoki is causing all sorts of chaos in the city. He may be the root of this violence. I'll talk to him. Where can I find him? I have heard he hangs out in the underground fight clubs on the city's east side. Try there. Okay, I'll go. Be careful, Kai. So there you go. That's 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 the little AI demo. And you know, right now, if you listen to the voices, the AI's voice seems a little flat. Sure, that gets fixed with with time. You know, that's something where they'll come easily up with, fixed with time using AI. They'll be able to you know replicate the way voices are supposed to talk and fix that. Um, but as far as the content, I mean, they seem very much like pre-written lines. That's they're demoing in that they're demoing a person talking on a microphone to the game. Mm-hmm. So, so it's taking whatever you say and giving responses, and it feels very scripted. Of course, you know they. I'm sure they wrote all that out to see roughly what would come back for the demo, or did multiple recordings to get the one that they wanted. Uh, but it, you know, it'll get to a point to where it feels like you're talking to a human. Um, you know, and imagine how many of the games that you'll start to see virtual girlfriends. I mean, you already see these sort of things, but virtual girlfriends, even some sort of therapy, like all these things will end up being this. I've seen, I've seen shows that are futuristic where they have, you know, people going to therapy and really just talking to a computer. I think that's going to be the future because um, honestly, a lot of people just want somebody to talk to and that's a lot cheaper and you can get either get a girlfriend or you can get uh, someone to talk to 
Uh, and I'm worried about what that's going to do to the mental health of everybody when they start talking to these people and that's their interaction with the outside world. You know, but we were in the generation where people on computers, like you weren't talking to people in person anymore. You're talking to somebody you've never met a lot of times in person and considering them one of your best friends. Well, soon it's going to be an AI that people consider the best friends. Oh, there's, there's no question about it. An AI girlfriend would be a whole hell of a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> And so, but you, you got to think of it, uh, you know, there won't be any fights. What are you going to have a fight with your AI girlfriend? Well, yeah, the, you have to, if not be like override not command, be quiet. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, that's no, what it's going to end yeah, up just being. Pull, pull the plug, shut the computer off. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, how, that's how you handle those problems. Finish it once and all. Um, but you know, yeah, uh, firebomb notes, the same thing. The voice is very flat and, and yeah, yeah, that to me, that stuff is, that's the easy part. The, the the hard part is, I think, getting the implementation, the the little polish and the things. I mean, look at what's going on right now. What what's one of the things? Whenever you look at it, one of the tell tell, one of the telltale signs of an AI generated image is what Brian. Well, usually the fingers aren't right. The fingers, <laughs> the the fingers. Yeah. They have got it down like ninety some odd percent. And the thing that they're yep. dealing with now are the fingers. And that will be something. And, and the, some of the ones be, I recently did, the fingers are perfect on. Yeah. And so fixing I think that's not that hard to do. They're fixing it. It's going to be the same thing with the voice. Like Firebond mentioned, the flat voice. These things are going to get fixed to where soon when you call support, you're no longer going to be talking to a person, person for the first initial. You know, right now when you call support, you can tell when it's a computer saying, tell me your account number. Yeah, let me check on that for you. Yeah, yeah. I have found, you know, whatever. You know what my and, favorite and this is? is something is when they do the fake typing sound effect. You'll be like, oh yeah, one one six eight two t. Oh, I found it, and it's yeah. like, damn it, I know this is obviously not real, <laughs> but <laughs> but they do it anyway. But I think this is going to be to where people AI people are interacting with AI on a daily basis. There's a lot of pushback though because. Where are all the voices coming from? Like they're training them off of who? Well, that's been uh, the know, big issue. Voice actors are, are pissed because they're not getting their, they're not getting the jobs. I mean, at some point when they get this down enough, who's going to pay a voice actor? What's this going to do for cartoons? When, when you make a cartoon, are they going to have actual voice actors anymore? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Computers and AI are great and will be great. But there is always going to be the need for, for there's always going to, no matter how good it is, there will always be the real human, whatever it is, voice or, or voice acting or whatever, screenwriting, that is that is better. And it will have that uniqueness to it. Something that a computer cannot always manufacture. Over time, you know, maybe, yep. maybe that will, but, but I don't foresee that. I don't think that's a now issue. In my opinion. Yeah. So the Actors Union, um, the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, uh -huh. they just announced an ethical AI agreement with Replica. Um, but according to this, the industry veterans feel misrepresented, saying nobody in our community approved this. <laughs> and, you know, they don't seem to be very happy with it. But, you know, they're trying to figure out how they can use AI in game development, television, you know, whatever it is, 
and and not piss off the unions because what union is going to want AI in any form? Zero, I mean, never, uh, zero, because yeah, it's only going to take away from their work. Um, but you know, here they've they've got supposedly a, a a thing worked out that will allow them to start doing this. I think it makes sense for video games, especially if you have uh, a a video game that has hundreds of voices and a bunch of them are not really important, you know, just side voices for little side quests. If you could generate a ton of those, because later, what if you want to add more content? If you want to add more content later and you want to continue with that person, you have to keep track of where they are. They need to be available to record more lines. Maybe they won't be available. Uh, with an AI, you don't have to worry about that. But see, you just touched on exactly where AI will be useful. in In situations where it is not a key element of the game you're not going to have the main protagonist being an ai but you might have ai being the random person on the street that you bump into and they go hey man get the hell out of the way or 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 whatever that is that to me is where the ai where ai really at least right now and in the in the immediate future to me that's the big use case for it is specifically situations like and and in in movies and television brian where you've got a passing you know a a, a passing person on a you know in, in an anime or some sort of animated thing that makes a comment that the background chatter that could easily be done with ai it's not pivotal yeah, you don't to need the, to get 50 people to sit there and record what do they say watermelon or something like that that's what they say is watermelon 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 you ever do you ever know that i have no when freaking idea people, what you're talking about People in the background scenes of, of television shows, they, you know, they don't always come up with little conversations to have. They, like if you say watermelon, 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 your lips move in a way that's not discernible as saying same word over and over. Huh. Um, as long as they don't pick up what you're saying, a lot of times they'll be saying something like that in the background so that they look like they're having a conversation, but they're not saying anything to each other. They're just kind of have, making facial expressions like, I just said something funny, <laughs> you know, and, and responding to it. But they're just saying, I, I think it's watermelon is what they, is the term that a lot of them end up saying because it, it, you don't see it, a repeated movement of your lips. Walla, not watermelon, walla. Walla? Well, I'm walla. sure that they could do walla, walla, I've heard yeah. watermelon. But... Maybe, maybe so, yeah. I'm reading a, uh, reading a Yeah, they, they'll do it. On. The They'll sound effect imitating that. the murmur of a crowd in the background. A group of actors is brought together in post-production to create a murmur known as a walla group. Hmm. Walla. Okay, so yeah. So, oh, so they'll, they'll all say that, and it kind of creates a general murmur in the background yeah. of a bunch of conversations without having to people have, having to have people figure out, well, how are we going to have a conversation that's fake? Yeah. You know, record and memorizing <laughs> all these lines. Yeah, a fake conversation. So again, in use cases like that, not only do I think... AI is um, not only do I think AI is is good. I think it's the perfect situation yep. for it because it is something that can be easily replicated, for lack of a better term. I think it's great for that. Well, what I think is going to be hilarious is at some point, like they have a scene where you know cameras panning through, and it like picks up on some side conversation that's just totally makes no sense like it just barely picks up this ai conversation in the corner of something that makes zero sense you know i'm sure that'll happen at some point people are like what in the world 
But see, let me make this point to you. Unlike the Walla effect, which is just people muttering nonsense, mm-hmm. this this can and will be a real conversation. It will just be yep. a, an AI conversation that's taking place. And it'll be more likely to sound real because, I mean, if, sure. you, if a, a, a mic wall, gets too wall, close wall, to somebody wall, and they wall, hear Walla, 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 people are like, what in the world is that? Why are they saying Walla? Yeah, it don't make any sense. So on this, I just wanted to mention on this agreement, so here's what, the, the people who made the agreement say, so with this agreement, we have achieved fully informed consent and fair compensation when it comes to use of our members' voices and performances. We are proud to work with Replica in leading the way to make it easy for companies to access SAG-AFTRA's world-renowned talent in an ethical manner that ensures consent and fair compensation for their contributions. This agreement also paves the way for other companies to follow their lead. I think, if, if anything, if what this does is make it so that their voices can't be fed into a machine and trained on. I mean, that's, I think, all you'll be able to accomplish with this. I mean, is that what they consider ethical? They don't seem to go into a lot of details on what this is going to do. Um, they said here that Replica has pages of, of examples um, that they say are pretty terrible, uh, you know, with, with these voices. I, you know, I don't know if this is just setting up for the future because I don't think AI is in, in a spot at the moment for this to really take over, but I think they are definitely worried about it. No, it's exactly what you just described. It specifically comes down to the training, at least from what I understand, the training of these AI models is that you cannot and will not use people that you're paying, having them coming in and recording strings of, 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 of text to feed into an AI model to then not use those people and then have AI do all that. I think that is the, a big issue that the unions are fighting for. And I'm not a big union fan at all. I think that's, that's woefully obvious, but I also, um, I also understand what they're saying. I mean, that, that, that's yeah. a serious problem. It maybe, I mean, maybe we'll see here in, in the next couple of years, you know, this will get to where they'll come up with some sort of crowd and not really a crowdfunding, but, in a way, the equivalent of crowdfunding where you'll have piece of people coming in, say for a dollar, I'll read a script to you and just start feeding tons of different voices in. And, you know, is that a legitimate way to train AI? If you pay people a small amount of money to read to you some lines of scripts so they can test getting different voices for using in the background of having just a, ver- a variety of different voice sounds. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's a better way than training off of professional people's voices because you don't always have to have that type of a voice you don't have to have a booming professional you know someone who does voices all the time hello you don't have to have them for the background voices yeah and you're good like with someone like you they don't need to go in and train in AI. no i think i think much folks <laughs> would much rather have me be a background voice than a primary voice i think that's <laughs> that's that's where many folks would fall but i do um, think that there i think we'll start seeing where people can do kind of like the the fiverr People can come in and make a little bit of money to help train a, a model if it comes down to getting, because this is something people can do. People with a microphone or even a phone could record audio and, and feed into these generated models. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I just, I think they're still, I don't think this solves the problem, but, you know, I think it just kind of puts a little bit of a, you know, here's some limitations we're going to put on you. When it comes to professional work like this. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk a little bit more about AI and a little bit of a baby overreach, Brian. The ESRB, those are the uh, that's the group that is responsible for the ETM ratings that you see on video mm-hmm. games. That's the ESRB rating. And no, Brian, this is not a headline straight out of communist China. They are asking the FTC about the possibility of using facial scanning technology to check people's ages man the 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 chinese uh, communist party would be proud with this headline brian this is right up their alley this is literally the stuff this is literally what they do in china yeah and this is something they'd actually did remember when they unveiled where these kids had to check in with their phone yes and the phone would would scan their face to make sure that they could log in for their one hour that they had per week or something like that that's what this comes down to uh you know this is something where first of all i this is fine if this is something that i as a parent say i want to make sure that it's my child logging in to something now if I, I guess if I'm trying to make it so that I don't, I just don't see the point of it though in that type of a situation. Like, who are you preventing it from getting in? This is more for um, anonymous, you know, maybe a registering for a site. That's where this would make sense. It's not a login technology like China was using it for. Um, they they say here specifically no, to- it does not confirm the identity of users. This is just to check ages. So this is more like if you're trying to create. A limitation of you have to be 13 and older. You have to be 16 and yeah, older, I mean, 18 is, and older to create an account. This is the equivalent of showing your ID. Your 18. You have to show your ID to buy cigarettes. I mean, it's the, the uh, show your ID to buy alcohol. I mean, that's that's what the that's what they're trying to do with this. You need to but be. How accurate eight, is it? Well, I don't I don't know how accurate it is, but the whole point is, uh, you know, Brian, uh, I'm sure you did as well. Well, I don't know if ESRB was around in your time. Uh, and I mean, I like the early games. I don't think had ratings and stuff like that. But I spent not the same. I played my fair share of rated M video games before I was 18 or 16, whatever the the, the mature categories. All the Call of Duty games I played. Uh, and Wolfenstein pretty, think, 3D was my first purchase game. I was 12 years old. I don't know. That was There's no way that game had an ESRB rating when it came out, though. Well, no, but I mean, it, but it was the equivalent at the time. I mean, it was had a Nazis rated, all yeah, over the place. Yeah, rated M title. So, I mean, that that's kind of the... the and again, what do you do that under? I, I to get these rated M games when I was under, I, is it sixteen or eighteen? I don't remember what the what the rated M. I think it might be sixteen. I yeah. my parents bought the game worth me when I bought the game. They knew they knew what it was. Um, you know, they, they were the ones that 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 signed off on it for lack of a better term for me to be yeah. able to play those. So is that not going to be allowed under this proposal? Because seemingly not. If you have to be it's and and that's the thing first of all the esrb is not a rule it's a guideline that is followed it is not law um by any stretch i mean you can go see a rated r movie as a child you just can't buy the ticket yourself it's not a law it's a rule um but if you're if you are a parent and want to consent to that how the hell's that gonna work i think more of what this would be a better option for is something like OnlyFans. if you know getting into a porn site or registering to stream on a porn site, um, well, well, whatever you consider OnlyFans to be. But let me make a counterpoint to something like that for OnlyFans. Right, you have to buy that content. You don't have a 
debit. I've not been on card. it. I assume that no, but they it's have a, it's some a, sort of free tier. It, oh, okay. Well, uh, the, yeah, that I don't. That I don't. So I'm saying but, there's content that you would be able to go and see without having to pitch them all the money right away because they try to tease you in, right? And yeah, so I guess you're right. That's yeah. where hmm. I'd be more concerned of, you know, and now that I have a daughter, her, when she turns 16, going up and trying to sign up for one of these things, I would like it if they had something that said, all right, put the camera up to your face and we'll make sure, or it's scanning their live video feed that they're getting ready to broadcast out and saying, hey, this person is questionable whether or not they're 18. Um, how about we flag them for a, a verification check? That's where I can see this not being a, well, you're going to you know create an account. You could do that, but have it scan the videos in real time to make sure that people that are underage catch the ones that are obviously underage and prevent them from streaming. If this is that accurate. Yeah, I could, definitely, I, see use, I could see that useful. being a much better use case than preventing a 15 year old from playing call of duty because you know, he doesn't fit the ESRB scale. I, de- I definitely can see that. And, and I, the, my other concern is this is going to be very easy to manipulate and bypass of course um, and so there's not going to be a a dead set way other than you know do you is this going to be the future where you before you go into a club you know they don't check your id necessarily anymore you step into kind of like those airport you know where you're going to put your arms up there and they scan you oh yeah you step into a, onto the two the two marks on the floor for your feet and then they do a quick facial scan and say hey you're roughly you know 21 can i get a tsa pre-check for that the equivalent yeah, it'd be nice. And that, that, I think that that's kind of the future. Uh, it, that's where I would see it being better. Not like I want to create a Facebook account. Let's make sure you're 13. Scan your face. I just don't see that being a realistic long-term. Because once you get the account created, are they going to check that every login? Well, that's the issue, right? I mean, that's the issue with all this stuff is it's, it's one-time verifications. I mean, you can slip into yep. a bar under 21 with a fake ID. It's not like every time you go to the bar, and what do they do? They they either stamp your hand or put give you something to indicate that you've been checked and you're over 21. Yep. So when you go to the bar, guess what? You're not showing your ID again. Yeah, and I, I that's where I just, I don't see those as real-world sol- solutions right now, but I do see scanning content, uh, Twitch content, um, OnlyFans content, whatever it is, if you're going to be, saying that you're streaming content on a certain platform that has to be a certain age. Don't make them scan it when they start the stream. Scan the stream. Recognize, you know, that there's underage. And if it's an OnlyFans account, maybe you want to catch that they have kids showing up on those streams that aren't supposed to be. Right? That's an adult website. You shouldn't be, you know, hey, come meet my family on OnlyFans. (laughs) You know, I just, I don't see, I mean, maybe they do. I just don't see that as a positive thing that they should be doing. And so that'd be the perfect place to prevent that sort of thing is catch, you know, just create an automated system and then have a manual verification by human afterwards. But this would get rid of 90 whatever percent of the people that are that are obviously of age. And then you're checking that small single digit percentage of the people that maybe are close to the age of consent or um, that are streaming that aren't, you know, supposed to be on there. Hmm. All right, Brian. That's my opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Be- much better than uh, than the alternative. Um, where can people find you online? Hey, if you want to find me, of course, you can find me at Voice Computer on X. 
or if you want to go to at Brian Eldridge, Brian Eldridge and Gab, Get Our Truth Social, wherever else. Of course, my blog is biteoftech.com. And if you want to go to our website, just go to infectionpodcast.com and make sure you check out in the upper right-hand side where it says join our server on Discord. If you do that, uh, you're more than welcome to join one of our 11 ARC servers. We also have a politics uh, section if you want to go hang out and then check out that. Uh, or just get a hold of Nick or I, send us a message. Um, if you want to watch the live show, you can do that through Twitch or YouTube, or the upload is after the fact on Rumble. Uh, we also upload the podcast forms, uh, the lower right-hand side, whatever platform, device, whatever uh, most simple for you. You can check it out there. Um, and if you go to the particular show notes, we get those uploaded by the end of the show. They have all the links and things that we refer to um, while we're doing the live show. Also, a video and audio player built right into that page. It makes it really easy to follow along. Or if you're listening to the podcast, to be able to catch and see some of the videos that we played. Um, if you want to support us, there's a support menu option up top, or you can go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, sir. You can do uh, both of those. Uh, Brian, uh, thanks again, as always. Uh, greatly appreciated. Again, congrats on uh, on the yeah, uh, welcoming in the uh, the new one. And um, we will uh, we'll be back here sometime next week. Um, if you want to uh, check me out online, you can uh, follow me over on X at Nicholas M. Craig. You can uh, check out my uh, daily antics at NickCraig.com. I host the uh, Wilmington's Morning News podcast. I'll also be on, uh, if you're a uh, cable news person. I'll be on Newsmax this weekend on the uh, Wendy Bell program. So uh, check your check your local listings uh, for that. Um, and as Brian noted, our website infectionpodcast.com. That's where you need to go if you missed any portion of today's show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.